In a world filled with information, where do you turn to get straight talk about retirement, investments, and your money? Lock it in to the longest-running financial talk show in Arkansas and let us help you build the bridge between information and application. Real financial change begins right here, and it starts with you. It's showtime! On today's show, the perils of doing retirement by yourself. It can be like a DIY project that could go terribly wrong, and we all know those stories. The value of hiring a professional, coming up. This is the Get Ready for the Future show. And good morning, and welcome into another edition of the Get Ready for the Future show. My name is Scott Inman, John Shrewsbury, and Chad Roller in with us today as we settle in for another show on this uh, beautiful spring morning in Arkansas. Nothing says mid-spring like a frost advisory like we had this morning but we are going to warm back up we what know the we heck are is all this i, I don't get it it's I almost know. may and it's cold outside yeah, i know it you know, I, you know it's it, I, saw, I saw the frost did you see the frost yep yep yeah. saw the saw the flower beds with all the sheets covered in the covering all the plants up so see, i forgot to do that so i'm probably losing some azaleas today well the, the problem was the wind was blowing last night when we yeah. would have done it and forget it believe, believe me i know that i went to a girls high school soccer game so i know all about the wind yeah. Yeah. Uh, last night yeah so we know it's going to warm back up obviously we know that people are going to get back out the 90s will be here before you know it we're going to talk a little bit today uh about diy retirement you know that that kind of is uh the term that's been thrown around i guess it has gotten a little popular with people who do things on their own when it comes to investing and even sometimes on through retirement and when you hear diy it stands for do it yourself you think of home projects or home building you're looking at three guys around the table today who have all participated in that process uh the home building process and and i think overall i would say that mine was a very pleasurable experience i'm happy with my home but my gosh if you really start thinking about how this thing went my experience with building my own home and I actually was the uh, general contractor myself on the job. I, I talked to this long story, but I actually talk, I was in TV then, and I talked to a guy who did weather, uh, was a meteorologist in town on a different station, and he was contracting his own home. And I ran into him, and he said, oh, yeah, you can do it. Here's what you do. And he kind of helped me line up some things. And I knew a lot of subcontractors. I knew a guy, a really good friend with a guy who did the electrical work in my home, and he kind of just spoon-fed me the guys to call, right? Right. So I could manage that. So I thought, I can manage the whole job, right? Hmm. Well, the house is still standing. That's the good <laughs> That's news. Good. That's, That's good. the good news. But certainly I made mistakes because I didn't know. I mean, I'd never built a house before. I didn't know what I was doing. And you had to play the the um, Channel 7 card a couple of times, Yes, right? I did threaten 7 on your side. Uh, I, Many times. That's exactly what I was thinking. And that got it done in a timely manner. I just don't know how well it was done. Hey, <laughs> I have lived this DIY thing all my life, mm. my entire life. My dad was a DIYer. Now, at my house, it was not DIY, do it yourself. It was demolish it yourself. <laughs> that was what happened almost every time that we did something. There's a long story about a car and some spark plugs and things of that nature that I won't go into, but it did involve getting a tow truck. So uh, we'll, we'll leave it at that. But, uh, you know, I, when I think about DIY, Scott, I think about that classic line from the Clint Eastwood movie, a man's got to know his limitations. Yeah, right. And, and I know mine because I watched my father try to do all this stuff and, you know, bless his heart, he's too broke to, to hire anybody to do it. So he's going to do it himself. And it got us all in trouble. And yeah. Chad has, has been down this road uh, time multiple yes, times. I, I yes. have. Yeah. Especially living on a farm, you know, you, you work off of a, a reduced budget and sometimes you just kind of put things together, try to make them work. And, uh, yeah, the frustrations of do it yourself. And, but, you know, sometimes there's some joy comes into those, those few times that you get it right. You know, you, you know, as a guy, you're like, okay, yeah, I did it myself. Right. So you feel, feel good about it. But there, there are limited things in this world that I do now that are definitely DIY. I, I, I definitely don't change my own oil and do some of those things <laughs> nowadays that, you know, back in the day, I thought I needed to. Well, Scott, I think that when it comes to the retirement issue, I think what happens is that people have access to information way more than, than they yes. used to. Yes. And you can pull up retirement 
on online on the internet and think oh well i've got everything i need because there's all this information right here but then you start digging into it and you'll find this article that says this and this article that says something completely different Mm -hmm. and so it is something that we believe is best left to the professionals the folks that do this on a day-to-day basis a week-to-week basis it is incredibly critical because there are no do-overs in retirement right you know you can always back up on the house and and you know, do, you know, tear that down and, and fix it again or do it again if you have money. If you have money, yeah. but retirement's not one of those things, right? And I, I think even you know, I talked about myself in my project where I actually was the general contractor. I still relied heavily on professionals. I, I, I was making phone calls. I was not hammering nails, right? I mean, the guys that knew what they were doing when it came to drywall, they were the experts on the drywall. The guys that framed my house, they were the experts on framing the house. The concrete yeah. guys, I mean, you brought multiple subcontractors into the overall construction of your home because they each had specialist roles and, and they knew way more than me. So I think the same is true when it comes to, I think it's a great point that you bring up. You can do a Google search about how to invest, the latest stock tips, uh, all of these things, but how do you really apply them in your overall plan? And I, and I understand it. I, I understand it from the standpoint of most of the people we're talking about right now, if you've been investing very long, you've been in a bull market for much of that ride, right? I mean, I know that we yeah. corrected last year and started a new one, but from 2009 until last year, we were on an upward trend and it was almost like you could do no wrong. Throw yeah. some money at something and it went up. Yeah, you can't fail. And and that's one of the uh, kind of the lures of this is, oh, well, this is easy. Right. It is until it isn't. Yeah. And and when you look at, you know, if you pull up an article, let's say, on retirement, what you're going to find is that article says something like this. I actually got this written out here. The, the precise weighting of stocks and bonds in your portfolio should be derived based on your age, investment horizon, income needs, and risk tolerance. Yeah, try that and do that one yourself. That's a little bit complex. And so retirement is one of those things that uh, you don't want to get it wrong because if you get it wrong and you're down the road before you realize that you've gotten it wrong, then Chad, it's really too late. Well, and you got to also think about how many tools that you need to build a house. I mean, you think about the size of a shop that you'd need just to store all the different types of tools and the specialties for each plumber, electrician, everything. And it's the same with, with us as advisors. You know, there is so many tools that we have, you know, in our tool chest that we call it that, you know, not all the time. We're not using them every day. Right. Right. But we have access to them. And but we know when the right time is to use that specific tool. And that's really where, you know, do the do-it-yourself retirement, how do you know How do you know you're using the right tool? Scott, uh, you did not really DIY your house. Right. You really were the kind of the creator of your house, and yep. you did pull some things together. You were more involved in it than I was in mine. I sat down with with a contractor, and I said, I want it to look like this, mm-hmm. and I want it to be at this location in this way, and, and I want it be, uh, to be done by this time. Yep. And he went, great. We're all on board. And then I would go by occasionally and look and see what was going on. I'd stay out of the way, and everything went great. You were a little bit more involved in that, but you were still kind of the conductor of the orchestra. You weren't trying to run around and play all the instruments and be every role that you needed to have in that project. And I think that's why you're still living in that house as opposed to maybe a tent, because if you were all doing it just yourself then I'm not real sure I want to come over and visit. We were both still clients. I was just a little more hands-on than you were. Right? Yes, I wanted yes. to know how it all worked a little bit a little bit more than you yes. had handed it off a little bit more. Well, I think about those articles like you just quoted. First of all, it makes very little sense to apply that to an individual because those articles are written to the mass audience, right? I mean, that, that to me is the jumping off point here is if you're DIYing it and you're not truly DIYing it, you're taking advice from things you find on the internet and articles that are written – they didn't write those for you. They wrote those for a big audience. And what they're saying by that big uh, quote that you made, the precise weighting of stocks and bonds in your portfolio should be derived based on your age, blah, 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 blah. That's cookie cutter advice. And do yeah. you want cookie cutter advice that's not unique to you? And I think the answer has to be no. 
Well, and I, I love uh, what Morningstar says about this. Morningstar is a uh, kind of a research firm uh, that that looks at mutual funds and various other investments. And they said they had a study that took five separate issues related to making good financial decisions, and then they compared those issues to how DIY investors typically react to the issue as opposed to those following the suggestions of a financial advisor. Now, this study actually evaluated allocating clients' total assets, income planning and account decisions, retirement planning product options, leveraging tax advantages through allocation and withdrawal strategies, and considering expected retirement expenses. Now, if your hair is not like standing up on the back of your neck right now going, man, that's overwhelming, then okay, let's, let's understand the results. The study concluded that the methods recommended by advisors could boost clients' retirement by 22.6% over the methods that were taken up by DIY investors, typically. Mm-hmm. 22.6%. Hmm. I think that's a legitimate impact on someone's retirement that an advisor can have that's not typically what a DIY investor would do. Yeah, and that impact can be so great, and it's not all focused on rate of return either, not just the accumulation side of that. Right. There's the taxes, there's the income, how you take distributions from your assets in retirement. And I think that's where people do recognize their need. I think when they move from the accumulation phase phase to the distribution phase in retirement, there's not a lot out there uh, that Google, you know, that Google's going to provide much help on that outside of some arbitrary 4% rule, right? Or, right. or or less than that. And making that all work, those are the values an advisor brings or should bring to the table that is above and beyond the investment advice. And I think it's important to point out too, we talked about these articles that are out there. They are written based on advice from guess who? Advisors. Yes. Right? So they're actually consulting with a financial advisor to write most of these articles. So they are even not really giving you DIY. They're borrowing from other people's advice. Well, Scott, a lot of times these articles are are replete with rules of thumb. And and we call them here at Gen Wealth rules of dumb uh, because they, they typically don't really apply to specific situations. And rules of thumb are things like the 4% rule. Oh, yeah, you can just have a portfolio and take 4% out and it'll be fine. It is until it isn't because the 4% rule doesn't really take into account the the risk of, of the market going down while you're pulling money out of that portfolio. That is called sequence risk, and it, it doesn't take that into account. And you can deplete your portfolio as a result of sequence risk if you're not careful. So the these articles are really kind of based, as I said, on rules of thumb. And when I have these conversations with people uh, who subscribe to these rules of thumb, they say, well, this is how it is. This is the way it is. And I say, well, but let's talk about sequence risk or let's talk about this specific thing. And they'll always get around to, well, okay, in that instance, yeah, you're right. And it just every time it's in that instance, yeah, you're right. And so especially in the retirement income phase, you've got to be very, very careful about what you do. Uh, and, and you've got to also, I think, uh, go to an advisor who really does understand the entire spectrum of things that you're dealing with in retirement income planning. Yeah, I think, you know, we all need to step back and, and realize well, we don't know what we don't know. And uh, that that I'm getting better at that as I get older. Yeah, and, and it, yes. it, it takes a little bit of a <laughs> yes. little bit of maturing to be able to to accept that sometimes. Right. But you know, knowing you know, knowing that hey, I don't know everything. That I do need help. That hey, it might cost me a little bit. But what are the consequences for me trying to do it myself? Yeah. Now, one of the passions we have at Gen Wealth is education, and we have a great opportunity. If you're watching on our live stream broadcast this morning, it is still available to you to watch live. Uh, it's tomorrow, right, John? Yes, yes. Tomorrow night, six thirty, uh, I believe it is, uh, that we are doing this webinar on taxes. Taxes are a huge deal these days. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of heat about taxes, a lot of concern about taxes, but there's a lot of hype on the tax issue too. Right. So we're going to try to cut through the confusion and take a look at what the real facts are about taxation in retirement. There are some things that you can do, some critical things to minimize your taxes, but you need to really be thinking about about that before you retire. So we're actually going to have that workshop coming up uh, on online on the webinar. You can go to getreadyforthefuture.com forward slash events and register 
at that location. And Scott, there will be a replay of this. So our listeners who are listening on Saturday on the radio, they will think, okay, well, I just missed it. That was Thursday. But you can actually go to our website, getreadyforthefuture.com and be able to log in. The perils of trying to DIY your retirement will continue after this. On Facebook, on YouTube, and on the radio, this is the Get Ready for the Future show. I'm Scott Inman. Welcome back, along with me, John Shrewsbury, and Chad Roller today out from our Conway office as we talk about the perils of trying to DIY your retirement. We talked about our home building experience, and you know, one of the things we didn't bring up in the first uh, segment is when people ask me about how my experience went, and I did say it was largely pleasurable, uh, but I do tell them that it basically was my life for about six to eight months. That's all I thought about when I got up. That's all I thought about when I went to bed. It Sometimes in between, I wasn't sleeping much because of the decision-making that had to go on. It takes all of your time and energy to try to, in my case, contract a house. But even if you're not contracting it, John, I'm sure that you were thinking about it day and night as well. Yeah. And you know, when you think about trying to DIY your retirement, I think that's the first question that you really ought to ask yourself is maybe you have done it. Maybe you've DIY'd your investing. Maybe you've been really diligent about contributing to your retirement accounts, and maybe you're ready. Maybe you've done a great job. But now as you step away from work, if you're considering doing that five to 10 years from now or tomorrow, do you really want to spend all that time and energy wrestling with, are you making the right decisions? Yeah, I I can tell you that I did. I I was kind of consumed by the thoughts of my house being constructed. I I went to bed and, and was thinking about it and got up and was thinking about it, as you said. But when I went to bed, I could actually lay my head on my pillow and go, you know what? My contractor's got it. He's doing a great job. I go by and check on him every once in a while. Things are going really well, and I don't have to worry about it anymore. And so I didn't spend a lot of sleepless nights thinking about, man, I've got to get this guy out here and get him to do this and all that. That just wasn't the issue because I had a great contractor building my house for me. And I can only imagine, Chad, that that if you don't have that, then it is all-consuming. Well, I mean, ultimately, you know what the end result you want it to look like, right? And so, you know, that it's their job to get you to that end result. And I think that's what, you know, as, as advisors, you know, clients come in and they say, okay, I, I know what my retirement wants to look like, but I don't know exactly how to make that happen. Right. And, you know, one of the things uh, going through the home building process is picking out everything. Yeah. You know, that, right. that is that is half the battle is, uh, in, in my case, was, <laughs> Colors, you know, it, it, let's narrow it down to three choices. Yes. And, and A, B, or C, you know, but unfortunately, there's a whole lot more than alphabet out there when you start looking at, you know, flooring and all. There, there's so many options out there. And that's the same way in the investment world. There's so, a lot of options. Since yeah. he just built a house, I think there's a story there that we should probe <laughs> tell. a little bit further. I can tell by the expression on his face that that was a bit of a traumatic experience is well let's just say there's a lot of emotions and and, and, and some of this gray hair right here is not from just the three kids so. that was that was well played there you, yeah, go. you never know when Lacey may be listening so you got to take it easy there but hey you bring up the emotions and that's yes. where we're going next here because that's really where you can make mistakes you know i i think about even in my in my own personal finance i've really had to work hard at training my mind to not make a decision based on what i want right now but make a decision based on what's the best financial decision I can make. And and I think, you know, there's some balance there. You do want to have fun in retirement. You don't want to constantly be making decisions just because it makes financial sense. But if you don't consider it at all and you let your emotions take over, that can be a huge peril to trying to DIY your retirement. Let's think about the last time we had a big downturn in the market. It was just a year ago, just a little over a year ago, we had this big swing in the market. And I want everybody to think back about how you had that pit in your stomach when you were looking at your portfolio and it was down 20, 25, 30% from where it was at the beginning of the year or, or even maybe even into February. And emotions just swell up when that happens. You, you just have uh, just this big tidal wave of emotion and going, I need to do something. And sometimes the best thing you can do is to do nothing. Obviously, that was the case because we've seen that market actually come back and, and just rally incredible amounts since that time. Now, 
you know, obviously hindsight says, well, that was a great decision to to stay put. But when you were in that moment, did you really want to stay put or did you really want to go to cash? And did you really want to put something at put it in something totally 100% safe? We had that kind of conversation, Chad, many times with clients who, you know, were caught up in the the obvious, you know, questioning of, of what was going on with the pandemic and the effect it was having on the market and how long this was going to actually last. And we knew that the wrong thing to do was to move out after the, the horse was out of the barn, so to speak. Right, because if, if you're investing by the plan, the plan tells you how to invest, right? Right. And that's the same with the home building process. You know, I, I remember going back, some of the decisions that got very emotional was the ones that we had to, you know, make on a, you know, a short notice. Like, hey, Deadlines. We, we, yes, yes, we forgot to, you know, that the backsplash guy's coming. We got to make this, we got to make this backsplash happen because you got to order it, you got to have it there, and you want to keep things flowing, right? Because right. if you hold that up, then you're holding something else up. Right. So those, those emotions that you have to make without the, you know, the have preparedness and the planning, those are a lot different than when you have everything lined out and you know, oh, I made that decision months ago. If this was to happen or something's out of stock or something like that, then we just go to option B. Yeah. And if you think about, you know, what's going on right now, Scott, we're having to manage emotions in a completely different way. Yeah. I just had a conversation yesterday about, uh, you know, cryptocurrency with somebody that I was like, okay, well, we we don't do that. And, and that's not our role to gamble money uh, that you have for retirement. And it was just like... Yeah, but look at what it's doing, and and right. so you have to you have to be sure to manage emotions on both sides because it is in a hot market that people you know throw a lot of money at something that is a what I call a shiny object. It right. is one of those things that that you just you, oh man, I just I'm so intrigued by that I can't take my eyes off of it because it's doing so good and I need to put some of my money in that and that happens generally at the wrong time for the wrong reason yeah and another one right now john is the cd rates you know we we've we're having that conversation on a regular basis now because cd rates have held so long you right. know low for so long and a lot of those are coming up for renewal right now and they're they're going back to renew and they're not liking what they're seeing right you know so that conversation's going on so you know that that quote safe money or that you know uh money that we're we're trying to hold on preserve capital uh that that is a conversation right now that you know sometimes taking on risk you know the reward right there is is it's tough right now yeah you that that caught these low interest rates causes people sometimes to think about doing things with their money that they normally wouldn't do and you know it's just that desire to get something out of it and especially when it comes to an emergency fund folks the thing that you've got to understand about an emergency fund it is there for emergencies it's like an insurance policy it is not an investment it's not supposed to be earning big bucks or anything of that nature it's supposed to be there as that warm safety blanket that you can go to when you have a problem and you don't want to put risk in into that equation think about that comparison that we just made there 12 months ago People were in fear and panic selling, and the world was potentially ending in their minds. And now they're seeing the market up, and in some cases, some investments up 60, 80, 90% in the last 12 months. And they think it's time to really get on board with cryptocurrency, right? Yeah. I mean, so think about the dichotomy there. That's emotionally driven, and really the even keel is the answer, right? You should be the same. From the planning perspective, regardless of if the market's going down 20 or going up 80. Yeah, I, I think so. And I think that that, that is, emotion is a big deal. Another emotion that you have to deal with in, in uh, planning for retirement is, is doubt. You know, you, you think, okay, I don't know enough. I'm not worth more than, you know, what I have right now. Uh, I don't really think I've got enough money to go see a financial advisor. It's too late for me. Mm-hmm. We've heard a myriad of those types of things that really involve doubt. And here is the real bottom line to that. You are where you are and you know where you, you know what you know as of this moment. That doesn't have to dictate your future. You can actually get help, get assistance, and make the best out of what you have. And Scott, I think there have been many times that we've seen people come into Gen Wealth with all this doubt and all this concern and everything. And when they leave, 
The difference is they have a written plan and they now have direction and they feel really good about yeah, that. Yeah, that's a huge point. So obviously, first of all, when you said you don't have enough money to work with an advisor, we'll point out, as we do oftentimes on our broadcast, that we do not have account minimums. We believe everyone should have access to a financial advisor and a written financial plan. We will work with you regardless of what the asset level is. But I think it does highlight the importance of if you think you are you're in a good position or a bad position, you don't really know until you get that plan. And as John mentioned, if you have that doubt, come see us and get that plan built because it's important to know. And if you're five or 10 years away from retirement, you've still got time to do something about it. Maybe it's not going to be as good as you'd hoped it would have been 20 years ago, but you still have time to do something about it because we can look at things like how much you're saving where your investments are and what kind of risk you're taking on. Can you get to the finish line? And then it becomes all about, at the finish line, income, monthly income moving forward, a retirement income plan built for you. That's what we do every day. You can take advantage of that by calling 501-653-7355 or send us an email at info at getreadyforthefuture.com and begin walking through the Gen Wealth Ready to Retire process. Scott, one other thought about this is, uh, you know, we've we've talked about, you know, uh, people looking up stuff online. Let's just talk about media-driven financial planning versus advisor-driven financial planning. you got to understand, number one, especially in the broadcast media, they make money based on you continuing to watch, and you continuing to watch is oftentimes based on how much fear they can stoke in, in you or concern they can stoke in you about what's going on in the markets or whatever the case may be. If you stay frozen in fear rather than investing in your future, you are really going to accept more risk than, than you really think because there is a risk of allowing fear to take over. And so, and the other thing that I would say is uh, echoing what Scott said earlier is that anything you see that is in the media is really very general information. It is very broad based. It is not specific to you. They don't know you. They don't know your situation. They don't know your dreams, your goals, your desires. They don't know that you want to take that trip to Hawaii when you when you go and retire. They don't really know anything about you. They are really just giving you very broad-based, wide-angle information. What you get with an advisor is very specific information. It's almost like the difference in a wide-angle lens and really a magnifying glass that's using the sun to focus that energy on one particular spot that you need to be attending to in your retirement. That is so huge. The the people who on uh, what's it fast money's what the, that's yes. the yeah that their intention there is to get you to watch. Yep. Their intention is not to have a successful retirement for you. Their intention is to get you to watch the perils of DIYing your retirement. We'll talk more as the Get Ready for the Future show rolls on. The perils of trying to DIY your retirement. That's the subject of today's Get Ready for the Future show. We talked a lot in the last segment about how emotions can drive you to make the wrong decisions at the wrong time for the wrong reason. And sometimes doubt is one of those emotions that you just don't feel like you're ready and it's too late for you. How do you know? And is it time to make a change? Feeling secure about your future starts with how you see your future. We've got 10 ways to shift your perspective about planning. In our free download, What's the Plan, a manifesto for your life, your worth, and what happens next. And you can get your copy. It's a free copy at GetReadyForTheFuture.com forward slash plan. Or you can text the word plan to this number, 501-381-5228. Again, that's 501-381-5228. Or go to GetReadyForTheFuture.com forward slash plan to get that What's the Plan manifesto. Scott, you ever watch any of the uh, home improvement shows on on the various channels? You know, I have caught parts of them over the years, but I I've never been never been drawn to it. Let's well, put it that way. I, my wife loves them, and, yeah. and they're on all the time around yeah. the house. And I'll walk through, and there there'll be some things. But there's one series called Flip or Flop. 
And it's about obviously flipping houses and sometimes the flip flops. Right. <laughs> it just doesn't work. I've been in a few of those houses that they tried to flip it and it just kind of flopped because, you know, they kind of just like would, you know, I don't know, put some sheetrock over, you know, rotten wood <laughs> or whatever the case may be. Put lipstick now, on they, the pig. Don't they buy it unseen? I mean, don't they, don't, they don't know because they're, they're getting it at an auction or something. Yeah. Right? And they, go, that, and they don't know what they're walking yeah, into. I think that's right. But, yeah. but you know, when you, you don't really understand the, the state that the house is in or the quality of the renovations right. or anything like that. Sometimes the flip isn't enough and the property is, as I said, just a flop. There are some mindsets and strategies that I think are flops mm-hmm. when it comes to retirement planning. And we want to walk through a few of those. Uh, investments alone, that's a flop. Uh, for whatever reason, and I guess it's probably because that's where, you know, the focus is for a lot of people. They think retirement is all about investments. And we feel so strongly about this issue that Janet and I wrote a book called Your Retirement Should Be More Than Just Investments. It really should be a lot of other things. And Scott, when you think about the the long list of, of issues that we deal with when we are planning someone's retirement that have really very little to do with investments, mm-hmm. it it would surprise you to look at all of the issues that are involved in financial planning that really don't speak directly to the investment accounts. Yeah, I think the mindset is very commonly, if I get $1 million or if I get $1.5 million or whatever number you've laid out there for whatever reason, by age, whatever, that's enough. And that's really what John's talking about, the investments alone mentality. We get that common question in a client, our first appointment with a client oftentimes is, do I have enough to retire or how much do I need to retire before we've talked about anything else? And if there's anything that you catch from this show, if you if you don't remember anything else, it's not about your asset level, it's about your income. And your income comes to you more than likely on a monthly basis, because that's how you pay your bills. And it starts with planning to receive that income for the rest of your life. Too. Yeah. And, and it's not only that that investments alone, but it's that specific investment. Right. You know, how many times do you look under the hood at that specific investment that you're going all in on? Right. Just like if, if, if we were to go out right now and say, hey, this afternoon, we're going to go buy us a house to, to flip and flop. Right? right. You know, how many things underneath that roof would we need to be looking at? Right. You know, from the foundation to the heat and air. I mean, there's a lot of things that could could come up to, you know, basically cost you in the long run or in the, even in the short run to be able to make some profits out of that investment. I have to divert for just a second and tell a personal story. Abby and I, my daughter, uh, have been looking at houses. Now, we're, we're really just looking because this market is way too hot to be buying a house in right now. But I'm actually trying to teach her some things about, you know, uh, real estate and buying houses and things of that nature. And typically, this is how a visit to a house goes. She'll walk in and she goes, Oh wow, it's super cute, and I love this. And da 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 da. And I'm looking at it and going, that wall is not straight, <laughs> and and the floor kind of just get. And you know what's happened over time is that she's begun to walk in and go, hmm. That floor kind of gives a little bit right here. And I don't know about this wall over here. She's learning about how to do this. And there is a lot that goes into buying a house, just like there's a lot that goes into putting together a retirement income plan for yourself. And it's not all about how cute the house is. And it's not uh, all about how well the performance of the investments are. There's a lot more to it than just that. I thought about when Chad was talking about that, you know, the the sight unseen buying a house, it it can be too good to be true, right? Because you got the deal. Well, sometimes the the investments are sold to you that way, right? It's it's the deal or it's the bells and whistles or it's the what this thing's going to do. And that's not a plan either, uh, to Chad's point there. So let's talk a little bit about withdrawal, because that that is really where GenWealth has developed really our wheelhouse as mm-hmm. far as developing retirement income plans. And a large reason, John, I think you did it was because you saw the environment change. You know, over the yes. last 25 years ago, the 4% rule, as it is known today, that if you have uh, an allocated uh, portfolio of 60% equities, 40% fixed income, that that was the magic asset allocation and the magic withdrawal number was 4%. Bond, bond yields were much higher then. And and certainly it might have worked at one time, but there's still the perception out there that that's how you take money out of your investments and it does not work anymore. 
Well, and and we've seen this this huge push uh, in uh, particularly in the four hundred one k areas of what are called life cycle funds or yeah. lifestyle funds, and essentially what those are are funds that are adjusted. Their asset allocation is slightly adjusted as you get older and you move from let's say the twenty twenty five fund to the twenty twenty one fund or whatever the case may be. You're basically reallocating those investments, but what you have is a variation of that 60-40 portfolio. Well, let's look where we are right now. The equity markets are really hot. The bond market is really not. When you think about 40% of your portfolio being in bonds right now, it's really one of those things that you go, okay, is that the right place for me to be at this particular point in time? Well, there's no uh, there's no mitigation to that in those life cycle portfolios. They don't go, well, hey, the market is performing like this, so we probably ought to do this. They just don't do that. And so you can be in a situation where you have a rising interest rate environment that is negative toward the bond market and 40 or 50% of your portfolio is sitting in bonds. And Chad, that's just not necessarily a winning equation, even in your retirement cycle. Well, even even savings alone is a flop. You know, being in something that's so conservative that, you know, hey, I'm not going to lose anything, or even if I'm going to put on a little bit of risk inside a bond portfolio is not necessarily made. You, where you may want to be right now. And uh, so, you know, even savings alone, just saying, hey, if I don't lose any money, then I'm going to be okay. Yeah. And, and a lot of people are still of that mindset. If I don't lose money, everything will be good. And I agree that not losing money is a great thing. Right. If you can not lose money in a down market, wonderful. But going into a hidey hole where you don't right. have the opportunity to gain then that is a real problem. And that's our next flop, savings alone, it, yes. it being perception of safe with your money. How many times have you heard this? Hey, I've got a million dollars. If I just put it all in something safe and take $40,000 out a year, it's going to last me 25 years. That's my retirement plan. But that's not a good one either because you're going to need, if you need $40,000 a year now, you're going to need more than that really in year two of retirement and more than that in year five and 10, inflation is the culprit here that still puts you at a tremendous risk if you are in a safe environment with your yeah. money. Yeah, and, and you, you can't go down that road. It's got another issue that I think that a lot of people uh, really kind of fall back on. And Social Security is one of these things that crops up in this issue. You know, I'm gonna, I've got Social Security coming in. I'll, I'll do fine. I've got, I've got my Social Security check coming in. Social Security alone is a flop because there is not enough money coming in to support your lifestyle in most cases from Social Security alone. That's why saving and investment during your lifetime is so important that you are able to have a pool of resources that you can rely on in addition to Social Security. I, I'm not dogging Social Security by any stretch of the imagination. It is very foundational to your retirement. But what it is not is the savior of your retirement. You've got to have additional resources coming to bear. And I think Social Security really uh, plays that role with some people because all of this is so overwhelming it's almost like they're looking for that hero to come rescue them and everything's going to work out okay. Mm -hmm. And if you're counting on the government to do that, that's probably not going to happen because we can't pay for what we got already. Yeah. And so Social Security alone is a flaw. And how many people have that as their plan, Social Security alone, even when they have investments? Yes. It's the investments are over here, break in case of emergency. I'm going to make do on Social Security. Is that the dynamic retirement that you really want? It's a just-in-case retirement, That's as right. we talk about. Yeah. Just in case I need something, I can reach over here and get it. But I'm going to pinch every penny that I can. I'm going to squeeze every nickel that I can, Chad, and try to live my life just on my Social Security check. Yeah, and and that's you know the average right now, according to the AARP, is about fifteen hundred and forty-three dollars a month. Mm. Here in 2021. And it's not going to keep up with inflation. It, no. You're not going to get cost of living raises that keep up with inflation. All right. So real quickly, we've got about a minute and a half left. So what is the flip? We've given you lots of flops in our flip or flop uh, discussion. Our flip is your perspective of financial planning. You see what we did there on the play on words? You need to flip that. If your perspective of financial planning is any of these flops that we've given you, let's change that. And we've got some pretty strong opinions 
about planning. So strong, in fact, we believe it deserves its own manifesto. We talked about that at the first of this segment. We're going to give you another opportunity here. What's the plan? Has 10 ways to shift or flip your perspective of financial planning. It's a manifesto for your life, your worth, and what happens next. And you can get a free copy. Visit GetReadyForTheFuture.com forward slash plan or text the word plan to 501-381-5228. Speaking of perspective changes, I want everybody to have a little bit of perspective on a big announcement that we've got coming up next week here on the Get Ready for the Future show. Can't tell you what it is, but it's big doings. Uh, You can, you're just choosing not to. I choose not to. (laughs) I've been told that I don't need to say it today. I will say it next week, but I want everybody to be listening next week and be viewing on the the live stream next week because we've got big announcements coming up from uh, Gen Wealth Financial Advisors on a big step that we're making in terms of our uh, program and and what we're offering to the public. So uh, be sure to tune in for that. The perils of trying to DIY your retirement. We'll continue after this. The perils of trying to DIY your retirement. That's the subject of today's Get Ready for the Future show, and we're ready to bring it home in our final segment here. John talked about Flip or Flop, one of those home improvement shows. I have, I've watched a little bit of that, not a lot of it, but I will tell you one, and this is a little more old school. I don't even think it's on anymore, but it's one that I did watch quite a bit of maybe 15 years ago, I guess. It was, I think, on ABC, and I think Ty Pennington was the guy, right? Yep. Remember Extreme Home Makeover? Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, where they came in and they basically took somebody's house that they had a lot of problems with, and they sent them away on vacation to Disney World or something, and for a week or two or however long it took, uh, or however long they dedicated to it, they made a huge change. They made over their home, and it didn't even look like the same home when those people came back uh, from their vacation. I actually had the opportunity to volunteer at an extreme home makeover in Saline right? County. Is yeah, that right? Yeah, sure did. It was a lot of fun. It was a really uh, kind of an emotional uh, experience because uh, this family, uh, the child had some health problems and first one thing then the other, and they really needed this home made over so it would not impact in a negative way his health. Yeah. And so it was a it was a great opportunity, great, great uh, to see all that happening all at once. It's a big orchestration. Am I right on the time frame then? Was that about yeah. 15 years ago? Yeah, so I can't was. remember. If time gets away from yeah. it, I'm pretty sure the show's not on anymore. But when you think about applying that uh, to your retirement, you know, we talked about DIYing your retirement. Maybe you've done that uh, up until this point, um, and maybe you're in a good place, maybe you're in a bad place, maybe you don't even know what place you're in, but you're in that house, and you know that it needs some work, you know that it needs a new room, you know that it needs a new coat of paint, whatever you think you need, the makeover happens with complete financial planning, not listening to the financial gurus, not reading articles, not trying to DIY it, but coming in and getting a written financial plan. And when I think about that, you know, we talked about at the open of the show, guys, about our home building experiences. We started with the construction. It really starts before that. It starts with the meeting with your architect. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Because I, I, when you say extreme, I, having built three houses and, and going through the process and, and getting, I think about, you know, having built three houses and now being a financial advisor and helping people walk through the retirement process. I think about this guy that goes down to Home Depot, buys all these materials, has them delivered to some land, and then just starts looking like, hey, I'm about to start putting this house together. Yeah with just these materials without having a actual blueprint. And so I know that sounds very extreme and nobody would ever do that. But in a lot of ways, we have clients come in our office that have basically done that. They've gathered the materials, they've gathered the assets, and not once have they ever stopped stopped to put together, well, I may need to know what I'm going to do with these. You know, yeah. and how to put this together. So, you know, yes, that is a little bit of extreme analogy about going, you know, just dumping a bunch of materials on a piece of land and saying, hey, I'm going to build a, a house without a set of blueprints. But right. but absolutely, I know by going through it three times, 
that set of blueprints, even though we had to make some scribbles on it from now, you know, from time to time, <laughs> right. we had pretty something pretty set in stone as, as to actually what we're going to do. And, and to Chad's point, Scott, just because you have the money doesn't mean you have the plan. Mm-hmm. I've had people walk in and go, okay, here's my plan. And it was their statement on their 401k. Uh, well, that's not a plan. That's just an accounting of where your money is. Right. How are you going to use that money? What are the things that you're going to do with that money? How are you going to actually allow that money to affect your life? That's where the planning comes in. We're, we're going to look at needs. We're going to look at wants, and we're going to look at, at dreams that you've got and, and wishes that you've got that you can actually put on paper and say, okay, mathematically, this is how this is going to happen. That is the planning part of it, and that's where the difference maker comes in with the Gen Wealth Ready to Retire process. Yeah, and, and one of the things like building a house, you know, some people may they say, oh, I don't want three bedrooms and two baths. Well, why? You know, and, and a lot of our conversation is is asking the question of why. Why Why do you think you need this, or why do you need this? The purpose. Yeah, you know, well, that's just kind of what everybody else did. Right. Yeah, but that's yeah. not really what you may need. You may need, uh, you know, four bathrooms instead of and, and four bedrooms if you're really going to meet your needs or you may need to downsize and maybe make the living room bigger or something like that so a lot of that process that we start out with is just answering that question of why why do you think you need to do this and guys when you think about the gen wealth ready to retire process it really covers about seven key areas in, in your life yes investment strategy is one of those areas we do pay attention to investments even though we talk about planning all the time and downplay the importance of the investments. Investments are important. They're just not everything to your plan. But investment strategy is key to the Gen Wealth Ready to Retire process. Another key is Social Security maximization. Now, that does not necessarily mean waiting to 70 to draw the maximum Social Security check. And this may be a little bit of a hard concept for some people to grasp, Scott, but leveraging the ability to to uh, pull Social Security income so that the rest of your money has the opportunity opportunity to last your entire life is what we're talking about in maximizing, I guess you would say, the utilization of Social Security. Right. Perfect. Because it's a monthly income plan, right? So it's a consistent number that we're trying to achieve. How does Social Security play into achieving that monthly income? You know, I I think about, too, uh, Chad, when you were talking about going down to Home Depot and getting all the materials for the home building project, I think even some folks come in here and they didn't get it all at Home Depot. It's spread over at Lowe's. It's over at the local hardware <laughs> store. Right. I mean, they've got orphan 401ks sitting around. I mean, they there's some value, even if you're 15 or 20 years away from retirement, John, they, of consolidating and getting this thing all in order. they got layaway accounts in yeah, a lot of places, right, you know, right. and if you're yeah. too young to know what layaway <laughs> is, look it up. But yeah. it, it is, uh, you know, they've got a lot of stuff out there. And the scary thing about that is most of the time, they're not paying attention to all those things. Right. They've got orphan 401k plans that they don't, they haven't looked at the investments in that in 15 years. Mm-hmm. Uh, they've got plans that they don't really understand what the investments are, and none of that is coordinated to help them prepare for retirement. And so pulling all that together and creating that plan is a big part of the ready-to-retire process. Something else, Scott, that I think is very important when it comes to thinking about your retirement income, do you want that retirement income to stay the same? throughout your entire life, or would you like to get it increased? Inflation is going to demand, and we're going to see inflation play a bigger and bigger role in the lives of our retirees because we're at that stage in the economic cycle where inflation is showing up again. Yeah, we, we've been lulled into the sense of low inflation rates. I just yes. saw at the uh, end of the first quarter, year over year, it was up 2.6, and, and that's higher than it has yep, been. Yep. Uh, now we're calling for maybe in the three to three and a half percent range this year. That's still historically below the long-term average in America. So if we get even to average inflation rates of about four percent, that's that means everything that you spend your money on, if you start your retirement plan with five thousand dollars a month, is going to go up year over year, and you need to have a plan that has an investment strategy to give you those raises, and you'll see it. Uh, in the plans that we build here at GenWealth. And I think that also highlights the importance, John, of you have to believe in equities even in retirement. You can't yes. have that safe money. Absolutely, you, you do. And Scott, one other thing that I think is incredibly important that most people do not even want to begin to think about in retirement 
is that whole issue of your your healthcare needs and 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 what do I do uh, to take care of healthcare needs? Most people are nursing home phobic. They don't want to talk about going to the nursing home. If you don't have a plan, then the likelihood of you going to a nursing home because that's the default mechanism, then that you're probably going to do that. What you need is a plan to stay out of the nursing home. Chad, you worked with a lot of our clients on on the issue of long-term care, and we're never trying to plan for them to go to the nursing home. We're trying to help them stay out. Absolutely. And, and long-term care is just another expense in retirement, and we've got to figure out how to do with, deal with it. You know, So you're either going to deal with it through your assets that you've or you're going to do it, deal through it with uh, Medicaid. And obviously, that's something that we don't want to see clients have to experience. So where are we going to go? You can meet in the middle and say, hey, you know, do I want to subsidize those expenses with long-term care insurance? And yeah. there's there's ways to, to look at go ahead and paying on those premiums now in order to be able to pay those expenses later. And listen, we know that's a potential. It's not a guarantee that you'll need long-term care, but the statistics say 70% of us will. So the potential is likely high that you'll need some sort of care. So addressing that is very important. Well, you heard the final bell. Today's show went really fast, by the way. It did. It is time for our final thoughts. And we always start with the far chair from me. So we'll start with your final thought, Chad. I think my final thought is, you know, a DIY, you know, anything you do it yourself is when it boils down to you're trying to save money. You know, in a lot of ways, yeah. you, you know, there is satisfaction in doing it yourself, but you're trying to save money. And I think, uh, especially as the older I get, there are some things in this life that are not worth saving money on it because yeah. it's going to cost you in the long run. And I think, you know, trying to save money by not, you know, utilizing an advisor or putting together a plan can definitely have some impacts on you in the long run. Scott, my final thought is you've got to understand the mindset that you need going into retirement. Going to Home Depot and getting some lumber is not going to build your dream house. As Scott and, and uh, Chad have both uh, mentioned, you've got to have that blueprint. You've got to have that plan. You've got to have the specific tools to put all of that together. And I believe that that most people really do want to work with a financial advisor and have them guide them through that process. You're still in charge, but working with an advisor makes sure you don't run off the cliff by not knowing exactly where you're going. My final thought is an action step, as it usually is, an opportunity for you to get something beyond when this program ends, and the future for you can't be what you want without planning for it, so we've got an opportunity for you to get a copy of What's the Plan? It's our free download, and it's available now. You can get it. It's going to have 10 ways to shift your perspective of financial planning. Just go to getreadyforthefuture.com forward slash plan. Or you can text the word plan to the following number, 501-381-5228. Again, it's 501-381-5228. Just text the word plan, get your free copy, and we thank you for watching and listening. We'll see you again next week. Thank you for listening to the Get Ready for the Future show. If you enjoy hearing from the Gen Wealth team every week, make sure and subscribe to the podcast. And if you want to help us get the word out on building toward financial independence, share the podcast with your friends and family. The Gen Wealth financial team is available to you 24-7 at info at getreadyforthefuture.com or call our offices at 501-653-7355. You should personally consult a financial advisor before making any investment, and no strategy can assure success. GenWealth Financial Advisors is an Arkansas-registered investment advisor with securities offered through LPL Financial. Member FINRA SIPC.